incarnation, uh, the birth of Jesus, the coming of God with the human face is the great wonder, the great mystery, the hope of Christmas. It is the good news that God is with us. Uh, today is the last day of the year, and it is hard not to look back. Uh, there are articles and posts and lists in the media and on social media uh, and, and uh, in the news about the best music of 2023, uh, about people who have died in the past year about things that we hope never to see again. And, uh, and this is a day for looking ahead as well. What will 24 bring for us? This morning, I've asked several people to answer uh, one or any one of these three questions. What are you bringing with you from the year past? What are you carrying now? And what are you moving toward? And those are good questions for each of us to sit with. And whatever our past, our present, our future, uh, we hold to the hope that God, whose love, whose wisdom, whose spirit, whose hope, whose peace was born to us in Christ, is with us all, always. So Morris Dirks will come first, and then Melissa, along with Maggie and Pepper, then Melinda Harder and Caroline McCarty, and then finally David Holcomb. So Morris. Good morning. My wife Ruth and I are fairly new to Portland Mennonite Church, so when Rod asked me to share this morning, I almost said no. <laughs> Speaking up front is always a little risky. Additionally, I have been a pastor most of my life, and there was something inside that just wanted to stay hidden. In 2005, I left a lifetime of pastoral ministry. I needed to chart a new pathway, so I stopped leading a congregation and formed a nonprofit to provide soul care for pastors by offering spiritual direction and contemplative retreats. Over the past 15 years, the need for this kind of care has skyrocketed. There has been so much disruption and unhappiness in the church. People are leaving, pastors are leaving. Books in my library include Leaving Church, The Great Dechurching, Losing Our Religion, do I stay Christian, orphan believers, and on and on. Now Ruth and I have never considered leaving church, but a few years ago we did need to leave the childhood denomination we had known for 60 years. So we began our search for a new home, and for the longest time we felt stranded. When COVID hit, we were even more lost, not only because we were stuck online, but also because we were astounded by the way many Christians were behaving. For pastors, COVID was overwhelming, and it took the wind out of their sails. They watched the church miss its finest hour in which to model love, sacrifice, and Christ-likeness to the world. Instead, the body of believers turned in on itself, and the underbelly surfaced, judgmental, angry, anxious, politicized, bigoted, racist, and isolated from the world. As a result, much of the American church is now hemorrhaging, and not only hemorrhaging people, but pastors are also feeling hopelessly lost. Ruth and I wondered if we could ever find a church home. My soul felt desolate, confused, and spiritually vacant. Maybe we should just give up and start a version of the breakfast club for disillusioned pastors. 
But I love the words of Rachel Held Evans in her book, Searching for Sunday. She wrote, Christianity isn't simply to be believed. It is meant to be lived, shared, eaten, spoken, and enacted in the presence of other people. She added, try as I may, I cannot be a Christian on my own. I need community. I need church. About a year ago, a trusted friend mentioned Portland Mennonite Church to me. That didn't seem likely for us. Now you need to know Dirks is a Mennonite name. And for what that's worth, I can find my relatives in the Martyr's Mirror book. But you also need to know I'm a dumb Mennonite. My mom and dad left the Mennonite Brethren Church when I was a baby. I, loved, I do love Mennonite cooking, and I know a few Mennonite jokes. That's about it. So returning to a Mennonite church never was in the cards for us. Last February, last February we, wondered, we wandered into PMC and sat in the back. Rod's sermon was entitled, Choosing Love. As he ended, he asked, Can we trust in God's love? Can we trust that we are loved always? Can we trust in God's love rather than reacting to our fears? Can we trust in God's love to redeem our past, forgive us and heal us and grant us a fresh start? Can we trust that God's love is deep enough and wide enough to encompass everyone and all of creation? Can we trust that God's love is powerful enough to bend the arc of history toward justice? We kept coming back. By the spring, we were pretty much on board. And when last September rolled around, we were all in. We want to belong to a community that is Christocentric, a, Christ, a church that is centered on the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We want to also be a part of an inclusive, grace-filled, and if I could add, an intelligent community of Christ followers. That has been true for us at PMC. And so we are here. Truly one of God's best gifts to us in 2024. Good morning. Morris, thank you for sharing that. You guys ready? <laughs> YOLO. You only live once. And I believe the technical way to say that is hashtag YOLO. And if you don't know what a hashtag is, come see me later. <laughs> Maybe we need a Sunday school class on that. <laughs> TikTok, there we go. I will tell you what that is. YOLO is an acronym for you only live once. And it came to popularity in the last decade by the younger generations, of course. Since then, it has been tagged more than 30 million times on just on Instagram. That's one social media platform. It has become a worldwide movement. And to some, it really means having a good time on a Friday night, and others, it means a more deeper, intentional way of living. In my own words, YOLO means things like life is precious. 
Don't take life for granted. Live life to the fullest. It's not often we equate wisdom with young people. Typically, we think of wisdom with the older generations, the elders, the wisdom of the ages, and rightfully so. But instead, this morning, I'd like to propose wisdom as a yes-and situation. Both young and old have wisdom, and perhaps they look just a little different from one to another. But the theory behind YOLO isn't anything new. If you remember this book, does anyone remember this book? The old life song hymnal? Yep. There's sprinklings of YOLO throughout this. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Here's one for you. And I see a couple of shape notes in here for uh, the musicians among us. When upon life's billows you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. There you go. I first learned how precious life is through experiences with grief and sorrow and loss. Things like the passing of friends at much too young of an age over and over again. Things like being the only one in my family to move away from home and in fact move to the opposite coast. But don't get me wrong, it's not just life's negative moments that have helped me understand the significance of life, it's the positive ones too. Things like slowly observing the quiet beauty of a seed sprouting and literally watching the ants go marching one by one. It's the moment when everyone in the conversation is laughing so hard they're crying and it hurts. <laughs> I especially learned how precious life is when I brought my own two babies into the world. Mesmerized by simply, you're not babies anymore though, right? <laughs> Mesmerized by simply watching them grow and grow and grow. So when Rod asked me to share what I'm carrying forward into the coming year, I couldn't help but think about how YOLO has increasingly become a life motto for me. And this coming year, I'd like to live YOLO more than I ever have before. I'd like to begin to attempt to understand the true meaning of this precious life. I want to sit with my daughters when they need me, just sit with them and be. I want to stop and smell the roses and then do it all over again. I want to make a big impact with my career and then go ahead and make an even bigger impact. I want to get more involved in my hyper-local community. And I want to make as much positive change in the world as I am physically able. I'd also like to spend more time with my friends and especially my loved ones. And on that note, I just want to give a special shout out to my mom and dad who came this week all the way from Pennsylvania. So Ed and Judy Kaufman, thank you for being here. Love you. So life is precious. And I'm especially thankful that some wise young person decided the phrase you only live once was worthy of a hashtag. And I'm very much looking forward to listening to the wisdom of the younger generations as we carry YOLO forward collectively 
into the coming year. And on that note, and to bear witness to the wisdom of young people, I have my two favorite young people with me who would like to share with you their goals and what they're carrying forward to this next year. Next year, I want to learn more things for my brain and also finish riding my bike. And I want to get more money have my grandparents come a lot more. I'm Maggie Turner, and at school, there's a quote on the wall. The quote is, life will never be the same because there has never been anyone like you before. Since there hasn't ever been anyone like you before, you can make changes others can't. The new year is thought of to be a time to kind of start over and try new things. My list of things to do are, is things like learn more about space or have more patience with my family. Have you ever seen the picture of the shoe that some people see pink and some people see turquoise? Or the rabbit duck? Or the young old lady? They look different to everyone. But no one can tell you which one you see because everyone sees them differently. You could see both, or you could see the pink shoe or the turquoise shoe. But everyone is right. The reason I brought this up is because you can look at who you want to be, who you are, and the things you can do to make you who you want to be. Because you can choose to make changes you want to make and see what you see while leaving room for others. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Some of you may know that in June of 2022, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I finished treatment this past summer in August 2023. So some people say that they are thankful for their cancer because of what it taught them and how much it changed their life. Um, and I don't go that far. <laughs> but um, what I learned in 2023 or through that experience and what I'm carrying with me into 2024 and hopefully beyond does boil down to what I learned through going through cancer treatment. I wish I had some groundbreaking insight to share with all of you, but the simple truth is that I realized for me, spending time with family and friends and being a part of a community that supports each other is really what it's all about. I think I would have told you that before I had cancer, but going through treatment, I felt it in a deeper, more profound way than ever before. The simple act of spending time together, whether in laughter or tears, proved to be a powerful distraction and a source of resilience. 
So the goal I'm taking into the future is to really prioritize time with friends and family. I have to admit, I am a procrastinator and I'm also pretty indecisive. So I often find myself saying, um, oh, I've been meaning to call you, or I'm so sorry it's taken me so long to get back to you. Um, but in the past year, I've planned more lunches with friends, more walks. My sister-in-law, Jen, and I have talked for years about how fun it would be to take a trip with our moms, a girl's trip. And we've got the plane tickets booked and we're going in a few weeks. So I guess that's hashtag YOLO, right? <laughs> I'm also taking with me the importance of showing up. And I mean that in a broad way. People showed Chris, the kids and I support in a broad variety of ways and they all meant a lot. To be honest, there were a couple of times during our journey that Chris and I looked at each other and said, wow, people are amazing. We need to do better. Although bringing someone a meal is amazing, it really doesn't have to be that elaborate. I was really surprised how much a simple text that said, just wanting you to know I'm thinking of you today and sending you hugs. How much those texts made me feel loved and supported. Sorry. People from PMC sent cards, texts, prayers, food, and more. A number of women reached out to share their own experience of going through breast cancer. And all those things really made a difference in not feeling alone. I'm also a crier. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to reach out more when I know someone's going through something hard and not just to the person that's going through it, because, but to their spouse or their kids and their family members because they're all going through it. Community matters. Showing up matters. Uh, there really are, like, suffering is a part of life and there are bumps along the road. So... I think it just matters who's along for the ride with you. I'm Caroline. I stayed up too late last night thinking about what to say today. <laughs> like way too late. Because part of what I'm bringing into this year is a lot of ambivalence. It's a mix of uncertainty and trust. I have spent a lot of 2023 learning to let go of the things that I have worked the hardest for and held the most dear. The job that I moved to Oregon for, um, my dream job, destabilized. And I found myself thinking, not for the first time, but more seriously, about moving or about changing jobs. And late this spring, Josh and I determined that we needed to end our 15-year marriage, um, which was one of the hardest and saddest 
and most necessary decisions of our lives while finding a way to remain friends and family to each other, which I think we've done okay at. Um, and without telling our Dine With Nine group, I realize now as I'm standing here, uh, they spent all summer with us doing Dine With Nine, and I bet that was weird, sorry y'all. <laughs> I didn't know how to tell anyone in June. I have figured it out by now. In the face of all of that change, I have felt completely unmoored and uncertain of what I can count on. It is now incredibly hard for me to picture the future. I try to picture my life a year or five years or 10 years from now. Uh, I don't know who I will live with or where I will live or what I will be doing for work. Um, I find when I try to envision the future, it is all a little fuzzy which is kind of a weird way to walk into a new year. Except for this, right here. When I picture the near and distant future, the part that I can picture uh, and count on is all of you. I know that I will still be deeply involved in Mennonite community when I turn 50 and 60, and as I get older and for the rest of my life, because of the way that we care for one another. And because for so much of my adult life, this is where I have found stability and connection and community and purpose in our shared service work around your dining tables, at church retreats and at board game nights and here where we gather for worship. One thing I am carrying with me into 2024 is gratitude for all of the love in my life and for how much of that I have found here and for how that continues to ground me in the face of uncertainty, a lot of which has come from this congregation. One thing I cannot carry with me into 2024 is one of my cats because she's decided she does not want to live with other cats. And so if you have thought to yourself, I would really like to live with a cat, and that's one of your goals for 2024, come talk to me. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, my two daughters aren't here because they would take you up, Caroline, on that cat. <laughs> They would want three cats, not just two at our house. So, um, There's clearly a theme running through what's been shared, and that's around community and, and just the, the love that, and the appreciation that we have for the people gathered here in this space. So you're not going to hear anything new from me. A couple of years ago at PMC, we talked about this um, idea of belonging, belief, and behavior. We wondered, you know, which, which of these three were most important, or what order did they go in, or how did they relate? And for me, belonging leads the way. Those of us who consider this community to be our home have made commitments to each other, commitment to belong. So as we journey together through life, that belonging to one another, to community, we are figuring out what to think about life's challenges and changes, 
What are our beliefs, in other words? And what do we do? What's our behavior in light of those challenges and changes that we face? And if you haven't noticed, there's a lot of changes going on in the world. Um, you know, and a lot of challenges. How do we best care for our neighbors who are in desperate need? How do we respond to wars abroad or to gun violence in our own neighborhoods? How have we been changed by the experience of COVID and by the massive upheavals that are taking place in politics and economics, technology, and climate? How can we still trust the Bible as being God-breathed when we can see human fingerprints all over it? How can we trust God in a, in a world that increasingly has no need of God, where God seems to be an afterthought? Life is changing. And so this idea of, of being, what, what are we moving towards? We're moving, we're on a journey. We might not be moving geographically, but life is coming at us. And each day is different because something new is happening. And so we're on a journey together. We're moving together. And so specifically in terms of Rod's questions, I've been thinking about what am I moving towards, but really what are we moving towards? How are we journeying together? So maybe I'll rephrase the question slightly. Um, what are some basic good travel etiquette practices that we should have as we journey together? So I decided it was helpful for me to remind myself of just some basic things that, that I want to do to do better uh, this next year in terms of how we relate with each other. And maybe one or more of these will ring true to you as well. But obviously from the stories that you've heard, a lot of this happens regularly. And for that I'm grateful. So here's five very best basic ways um, that we might aim to live together this year. So first, I want to introduce myself to people I don't know. You can look around, and there are probably people in this room that you don't know. And it's so easy just, well, they've been here a while. It's kind of awkward now after a month or a year to introduce myself. That's okay. Do it anyway. And maybe you've already introduced yourself, but you don't remember their name, and you don't remember their story. Well, that's okay. Reintroduce yourself again. That's all right. I'm giving myself permission to do that. I give you permission to do that as well. I also want to get to know, really know, someone new this year. So you might think back to this past year. Who did you really get to know over the past year that you didn't know this time last year? Who surprised you? You might look around the room right now and think about that. Who are the, who's going to be the person this year that I'm going to get to know that I didn't know last year? And how is God going to surprise me in that? The third one is maybe don't do as I do, but do as I say. Um, getting to know someone more deeply requires sharing my own burdens with them so they can help carry the load. If we're on a journey together, sometimes some days you're going to be tired, some days you're going to need help. And that's a part of getting to know one another is that sense of vulnerability and being willing to be vulnerable with each other. And that's really important. Fourth, regularly pray for and with others in the community. Just a really basic thing that all of us can do. 
Uh, most weeks we have a time of sharing after the sermon. People share prayer requests, write them down, go home, and pray for those folks during the week. That's not hard to do, something simple, um, and we can do that together. And even more, maybe there's someone you know and they haven't, you're not really sure how they're doing, go ask them, how can I pray for you this week? What can I do? Uh, and finally, we, we have something really good here. The sense of community in a world that is fraying, uh, in a sense of, in, in a world that is continually isolating, we have really something good to share. So think about who's someone outside of this community that you know that you could invite to come and see, to come and observe what happens. They don't have to believe a certain thing. They don't have to behave in a certain way. They just can come and belong. Those other things will follow. So I'm really, really glad to be a part of this community. I'm glad to belong to you and you to me. We're together in this. And even more, God is with us, as was mentioned earlier. And this is one of the joys of the Christmas season, being reminded of God's presence among us. Not among us as one who overpowers us, but as one who comes alongside us in vulnerability. And so as we travel day to day, week to week this year, may our spirits be open to each other and to this surprising God. Thanks.